Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. God is in the house. Aren't you glad that Jesus likes to come to church? (laughs) Aren't you glad that you're in the same room that God is in? And God is in the same room that you're in. And the presence of God is here, and the presence of God changes everything. Amen? Communion was powerful. Worship was powerful. The announcements were powerful. <clears throat> you know, I love, I love the testimony that Janessa shared. The young, the young man that brought his mother, his mother had the, the cancer dissolved from her body, just being in the presence of God. But the presence of God is here tonight. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. But the, the beautiful thing is that the testimony doesn't, the testimony of Jesus doesn't point to the testimony itself, it points to his nature. And uh, Jesus is the healer, but he's also the redeemer. He's also the provider. He's, a, he's also our, our hope, our strength, our strong tower. He's also righteousness. He's also peace. He's also joy. The, the king is in the room tonight. And if he's in the room, what's going to happen tonight? If that happened that week, what's going to happen this week? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Man, so much good stuff happening. Um, Dad, you can just make your way up as I make this last announcement. My dad's got some a testimony he just shared with me the other day that I want him to share with you. But uh, before we jump into that, how many uh, alumni, BSSM, Bethel School of Supernatural uh, Ministry alumni or satellite, you've, you've done a BSSM satellite school, um, how many alumni do we have in the room? You graduated from a BSSM program, or or even or even uh, IHOP or Harvest School with Heidi, um, uh, Brownsville. Put Brownsville in there. Um, we are having a, we are having a, an alumni gathering, the first uh, Austin alumni gathering on the fifteenth, a week from uh, a week from tomorrow. And it's specifically to refresh uh, and encourage alumni from all over the state, all over the area. I know we have several alumni that moved here to be a part of this church plant, which we're thankful for. But listen, if you're an alumni, I would really love to encourage you to to come, to be there for that. Um, It's to rub shoulders with other alumni from all over the state, people uh, probably will come from even further than that. The same speakers will be at the conference will be there. But it's really about something that happens when you get together and you share stories and you rub shoulders. Something powerful happens. And not just you being fed. And, uh, you know, I think that we're pretty fortunate to get to be in this house and what God's doing. But there's a lot of alumni that are spread, sprinkled all over uh, that aren't in a Bethel house, you know. They're, they're plowing ground other places, so we get to come together and refresh and encourage them. 
Um, and because uh, we just love you and are thankful that you are part of this church plant, we're, we want to cover half of your registration. So it's, uh, it's, it's $30 to register, but we're going to pay half. There's a promo code. It's B, capital B, Austin 50, but the information is in your bulletin and on the Facebook community page. So please register for that. I'd love to see you there as well at the Breath, Breath of Heaven conference. So my dad's got a testimony. Why don't you welcome my dad, Jim. He's going to share some more good news with us. Wow, God is, God is so good, amen? I just wish one of the cries of my heart is that the world would experience the love that we experience every day, amen? You know, <laughs> the Lord, he's not just for us, those who have been saved, but he's for all his children, amen? He's got a plan for everybody. You know, we talked about, Renee um, um, was talking about the healing of the soul. Stacy saw oil flowing earlier. And so the testimony I'm going to share was not a miracle of healing, but it's a miracle of a broken soul being fixed. Amen? I was driving home one evening... <clears throat> And I saw my neighbor's son out with a push broom sweeping the cul-de-sac. So how many people know that if you, if you really keep your antenna up, the Holy Spirit will, will speak to you sometimes, just a little, little tugging, right? And so he said, hey, find out what he's doing. I said, okay. So I pulled into my driveway, and then he said, no, just go get your push broom. I said, okay. So I went and got my push broom, and I'm out there. I said, so what are we doing, Matt? <laughs> he said, oh, we're cleaning up this glass. I said, oh, okay. I said, so what happened? He said, oh, I threw a glass out in the street. I went, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so then his mom comes out with a little house broom, and she's sweeping up stuff. And so I said, so uh, you threw a glass out, huh? He said, yeah. He said, he said Jim... He said, my life is so messed up. He says, I'm just rock bottom. I went, ah. <laughs> you know how you, 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 I was starting to share the gospel with him and, and tell him a little bit about Jesus and my lifestyle and what I've come through and all. And <clears throat> he said, listen, man, he said, I got to change. You ever wait, you ever sharing your testimony with somebody and you're just waiting for that little opening? That, that little bit of, that little creek, that little crack where you can get in there and introduce Jesus, you know. And so that was it right there. I said, yeah. I said, well, I got good news for you, Matthew. He said, yeah. He said, but wait, wait. Do you have any holy water? I said, no, I don't. Then I thought, oh, my good friend Russell Grigsby brought me a little vial full of oil from a Bible in Dalton, Georgia, that leaks oil. I said, there's a Bible in Georgia that leaks oil. So Russell captured a little bit of the oil in this vial and gave it to me. I said, yeah, man, I got some holy water. <laughs> so I ran to my house. I got this vial. 
I said, listen, okay, before I share, I said, this is not holy water. So I explained to him what it was. I said, before I give this to you, I want to know, I'm going to ask you a question. I said, do you, do you believe everything I said to you about Jesus? He said, yes, I do. So I said, before I give you this oil, do you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? He said, yes, I do. So his mom and his girlfriend were standing there right at the mouth of, of the garage. They were like, I said, come on over here. I said, do you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? His girlfriend said, yes, I do. I said, what about you, mom? She said, oh, I'm already saved. <laughs> I said, okay, okay, that's great. So anyway, pray for them. They both received the Lord. I anointed them with the oil. I put it on their palms. I joined them with the oil to walk in the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. Amen? And I went and gave him a Bible. He said, do you have a Bible? Went and gave him a New Believer's Bible. Gave it to him. He came over later that night. He already read through Matthew. I checked with him a week later. He's still reading his Bible. He's, he's getting on fire for the Lord. And I tell you, all you have to do is just keep your ears open and stay alert to the, to the, the urges of the Holy Spirit because you never know when it's going to happen. It's the end of my day. I was coming home. But yet there was one more, one more out there that Jesus wanted to gather. Amen? So I just encourage you guys to keep your ears open and stay obedient and just keep saying yes. Amen. Come on. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. More, more, more. How many people believe that there's more to be had? Uh, God is doing so much good stuff. I'm so excited about, about what God's doing. He's just releasing so much of his favor, his grace, his goodness. People getting activated. People actually believing what the word says. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. It's exciting. I just, uh, Megan, um, she leaned over uh, right before I came up, and she said she just popped in on the middle school class, and they're laid out everywhere, tears, weeping, having the same encounters with God that we're having in here. And then she got a, she, then the children's uh, worker sent her a picture of the kids, and they're all in circles praying for each other, tears running down their face. Three separate rooms. We serve a big God, right? He knows what he's doing. He's in charge. This afternoon, uh, Renee was out shopping. I was home with, with the three kids, and our game room's upstairs. It looks out over the street, and I, and I saw this lady walking down the sidewalk, and she's kind of hobbling down the sidewalk, and I just felt that tug from Holy Spirit, like, you should go pray for that lady, and the kids were playing, running around the house, and so, and I was home alone, so I couldn't just leave their six, five, and, and two, so I couldn't just run out of the house without them, so I'm like, hey guys, come with me, and so by the time I gathered them up, the lady had hobbled like half a block down, right, but we go out, and, uh, and I'm carrying the two-year-old, but my five-year-old son takes off running down the sidewalk after her, going, excuse me, excuse me, lady, we want to pray for you, excuse me. <laughs> I mean, just takes off running, and 
It was awesome. We got to pray for her, and she was, it turns out she's from Brazil, but she's a strong believer and plugged into a local church, and we got to pray for her, and she felt a little improvement, but it was just fun that my five-year-old was, like, running down the street. Ladies, excuse me. Come on, carrying the reality of the kingdom. Amen? And, uh, whew, thank you, Jesus. I've heard so many testimonies about jobs and uh, favor and crazy things happening and, oh man, people getting let go from their job and then rehired at like 70% increase in pay and like crazy stuff. And why? Because God is good and God is in our midst. God is good and God is in our midst. And I don't know about you, but we shouldn't need anything else to just be over the top, out of our mind, excited, and in awe. God is good, and God is in our midst. I'm just going to keep hitting it till you jump on this train. Listen, God is good, and God is in our midst. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. And the, the nature of his goodness as we celebrate or what we give thanks for, you, you've heard it and you're going to keep on hearing it, what we give thanks for in the kingdom increases. That what we give thanks for is just going to keep multiplying. That means more people are going to have crazy favor with jobs and employment. More businesses are going to explode in growth more, more kids are going to chase people down the street to pray for them. More tumors are going to disappear and cancer cells dissolve. And more relationships are going to be restored because God is in our midst. God is in our midst. Thank you, Jesus. It's all right. I'm excited enough for all of us. <laughs> that, that what we give thanks for matters. It makes a difference. It's important, you know, that, we're, that we are never supposed to get bored with the goodness of God. <laughs> Do you know one of the, one of the biggest challenges for the, the church in the West is that we have options, not for salvation. Don't, don't get me wrong. One way to God. But we have options for our time. And we have options for our attention. We have options where we give our focus. We have options for what we pay attention to and what we celebrate. If we're not careful, those things will crowd out the awareness of the goodness of God. Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but the opposite is true if we don't let those things crowd it out. If we don't let our big screen TV win out, if we don't let all those other things that are happening, the news and all the busyness, and all, if we don't let that win and our focus stays on God, what is possible? Our thankfulness stays alive. And centered on his goodness and his awareness. <laughs> When's the last time you just elbowed a stranger and said, do you know what happened in church last week? 
This, this guy brought his mom and she had cancer all through her body. She only had a couple weeks left to live. But guess what? God healed her. She's totally. <laughs> oh, they might think you're crazy. Or they might get born again. But guess what? Either way, he's worth it. And it's not our reputation. It's his. Is he worth it? Thank you, Jesus. Philippians 3, verse, we're not going to camp here. Just going to whet your appetite. Philippians 3, verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Jesus has already laid hold of us. This side of the room is not sure what to do with me. <laughs> you guys alive? You're still recovering from communion, I could tell. You're like, what just happened to me? <clears throat> Jesus has already laid hold of us. I usually could count on this side. Listen, Jesus has done his part. Amen. That Jesus has already died on the cross. He's already poured out his blood. He's already shared his goodness. He's already grabbed a hold of you. Jesus has already done his part. And he's continuing to do it. Tonight, God is apprehending our hearts in fresh ways. He's pouring out his goodness in fresh expressions. That God's moving on the middle schoolers. And they're in tears. And he's moving on the children. And they're getting touched. That God is grabbing a hold of us. The question is, are we going to grab a hold of what he put in front of us? When he grabbed a hold of us, he has a purpose. How many people know that when Jesus grabbed a hold of you, he didn't like grab a hold of you and then go, oh, I got you. I'm not sure what to do with you now. <laughs> that Jesus has a plan. That he grabbed a hold of you with purpose and intention. That, that when he grabbed a hold of you, he has a purpose. And the question is, are we going to grab a hold of that purpose for which he grabbed a hold of us? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. We are experiencing some amazing things in God. Well, I'm so excited for this coming weekend. You know, uh, Ruth Moore, who is uh, one of the speakers, and her husband Steve, they're coming from Reading, that Ruth was bound in a wheelchair for five years with ME, couldn't walk. She's bound in a wheelchair, and her father... In the natural, her father came and sat on her bed five years into this debilitating condition in a wheelchair and, and just was broken and said, oh, I would do anything if I, if, I could, if I could take this sickness on myself so that you could be healed, I would do it. It was just the expression of the father and they hug and he gets up and leaves and then her heavenly father speaks to her and says, that's exactly what I've done for you, Ruth. And then, that, then right after that, she ends up at a Heidi Baker meeting. Heidi Baker hugs her, and the love of God encounters her, and she gets up out of her wheelchair completely healed. Never to go back. 
And she's now, she's now seen dozens upon dozens upon dozens of people healed of the very thing that she was healed of. She had fought in one meeting in London. She's, she's from, originally from, from England. In one meeting in London, she saw five people healed of the very thing that she was healed of. Up out of wheelchairs. Uh, Walking around. Whoa, I think she's got something good to release to us. Thank you, Jesus. God is doing incredible things. Thank you, Jesus. I love the presence. Thank you. I can always count on the front row. (laughs) Oh, man. I need some help tonight. Can, Can we just, like, get a little Pentecostal or something in here, like... Somebody just shout me down and just say, come on, Jesus. The preacher, preacher, just come on, take out a hanky, do something. I don't know. Let's get excited about Jesus in here. Thank you, Father. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, Father. People are leaving. That's okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. Listen. I don't know. I feel better. I don't know how you feel now, but I feel better. Uh, (laughs) I love the presence, and I love the breakthrough moments. I love every time deaf ears open, tumors dissolve. I love it when people walk in, and they report that their marriages was in shambles, and they just walked in the door, and they encountered the presence of God, and God restores their marriage in a moment. Like, I, I I love those moments. I love the presence, and I love the anointing. But actually tonight, I want to talk about, I want to talk about persistence and perseverance. Because the reality is that coupled with the presence and coupled with anointing, it's persistence and perseverance that are going to win the war. How many people like to win? How many people know that we're on Team Jesus and Jesus is winning? That that it's persistence that is going to win the war. Thank you, Jesus. And God, and God has invited us in to this with purpose. He has an assignment for us. And the assignment, that, that he died on the cross and he went down to hell and he stole the keys back. The keys that were lost in the garden when sin entered the picture And he won the keys back, and then he restored authority to man to go again and take dominion of the land. To go and let it be on earth as it is in heaven. He has has an assignment, but the assignment isn't just to win a battle. The assignment... What, what you signed up for, whether you realized it or not, when you said yes to Jesus, you signed up not just for a battle. You signed up to help, the, to help the bride, to help him win the war. Thank you, Jesus. And persistence makes a difference. Persistence is what turns the tide and flips the tables. Thank you, Jesus. And God's going to keep, keep coming. In our midst, he's going to keep 
healing bodies and restoring relationships and healing hearts and saving souls. He's going to keep he's going to keep coming. But what we do in response is really going to make a difference in the long run. Do you know do you know the devil can never stop what God is doing as long as we never stop doing what God is doing. Listen, the devil can't stop God if we don't stop. If we stay engaged with what he's doing, guess what? We win. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to talk about, I want to break this, this down a little bit because it's, it's so key. I think it gets, it gets overlooked a little bit. But it's on God's heart. Because we're not here just to be a flash in the pan. We want to see true transformation. And we want to see sustained breakthrough. And sustained victories. Thank you, Jesus. Persistence. The definition is the firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know it's no it's no surprise that the the enemy doesn't want us to succeed. I hope that's not a shocker to anyone in here. Like, the enemy doesn't want us to succeed. The enemy doesn't want us to win. No shock. The enemy doesn't want us to continue. The, the enemy's goal really is to get you to stop. I mean, if you whittle it down and you make it as simple as possible, the enemy just wants you to stop. If you're, if you're not a believer yet, he doesn't want you to get saved. But if you get saved, then he wants you to stop. Stop what? Stop believing. Stop contending. Stop pursuing. Stop sharing. Stop expanding. Stop transforming. He's just, from the enemy's person, he's just like, just please stop. <laughs> but if that's the enemy's goal... Then the flip side, then victory simply looks like never stopping. <laughs> it just looks like continuing to grow, continuing to expand, continuing to press in, continuing to believe. Thank you, Jesus. You know, the persistence. I just read the definition, but some synonyms of persistence is perseverance, which is going to come up again, tenacity, determination, resoluteness, patience, endurance, diligence, dedication, commitment, doggedness, steadfastness, tirelessness, and stamina. Listen, what if you took those things that I just listed and you superimposed those things on the church? Uh, 
you might just have a bride that can't be stopped. You might just have a bride that knows how to turn the tables. <laughs> you might just have a bride that knows how to not just win a battle, but to win the war. You might see a bride that knows how to actually bring transformation to a city, a region, and beyond. Thank you, Jesus. You know, that... I think a lot of times that that we that we we want a quick fix. You know, we we we're accused of being a microwave culture and we want everything fast and we want everything immediate and we want we want a quick fix and sometimes we bring that mentality into the church. Sometimes we bring that mentality into our approach to God, our approach to the kingdom. And we want, we want God to do it right now. And sometimes he does do it right now. And that's an awesome moment to celebrate who he is. Because what we celebrate, what we give thanks for, increases. But, so, but we, we don't allow ourselves to realize that he's not just inviting us into a moment. He's not just inviting us into a battle. He's inviting us to partner with him. Until the whole thing is shifted. Until the knowledge of his glory covers the whole earth. Until the, not just the battle, but the war is won. Come on, thank you, Jesus. You know, we, uh, in my observation of working with a lot of, a lot of believers all over the world is, is that that we wrestle with this idea of, of uh, our engagement with the perfection of God because we serve a perfect God. Amen? So that's a really good time for an amen. Uh, we serve a perfect God. Thank you. Uh, anyway, I'll just... <laughs> the, we serve this perfect God, but we, but we approach God like... God, you are perfect, which he is, which means that once I touch his perfection, we press in for this moment, like this moment is going to change everything. And it does, from the perspective of it changes me, salvation internally, it changes me, but we still live in a fallen world. So it changes me, but it doesn't necessarily change everything around me like that. What he does, though, is he empowers us. He puts his, his, himself in us to go and be that agent of change to the world. And I've seen a lot, of, a lot of believers put so much stake in one battle. And they like, oh, i got to press in. i got to find God. i got to find God. And the, they finally, they break through and they touch God. And that moment is changed. That, that change comes in that moment. Their sick family member is healed, or the breakthrough that they've been contending for, it, it comes. They touch the perfection of God, and the breakthrough comes. And they're like, yes! But then they come into the next battle, and they're like, whoa, what's happening now? They're like, I thought I, thought I touched the perfection. I thought everything was going to be perfect now. Like, oh, you, you mean I have to put my dukes up again? 
I have to battle some more. I have to, I have to press in again. Like, whoa, I don't know about this. I thought it was a one-stop shop. I thought it was a magic bullet. I thought I had to press in, but once I got there, boom, it was all taken care of. And I just walked around, and little gold flakes just followed me, a glory cloud. And everywhere I went, everything just lined up perfectly, and I never had any issues ever again. Surprise! (laughs) That's not the way it works. So I tell you that God is coming. He's in our midst. He's coming, and he's going to keep on coming. And you're going to see God continue to do incredible things. But listen, the goal isn't to be excited about God for the next three weeks. The goal isn't to be excited about God for the next three months, or listen, even three years. And then get tired of being excited about God. No, the goal is to keep on pressing on and keep on laying a hold of that which he laid a hold of us. Persistence is what's going to turn the tables and win the war. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know that, you know, when we talk about persistence, and I'm going to read to you in a moment out of Galatians. Thank you, Jesus. In Galatians chapter 6, and then after that, we're going to stop in Romans 5. But the thing about persistence is that we that we in the kingdom, or, or just in general, persistence, it's usually synonymous with resistance and trouble or trial or hardships or a bad season. And guess what? Persistence is key in those times. Can I get an amen to that? Persistence is key to those times. And we're going we're gonna to go back in a minute, and we're going to touch on that. But I want to let you in on a secret to the kingdom. I want to let you in on a secret to revival. That persistence in the good times is just as important. <laughs> now listen, how many people know that God is good? <laughs> All right. 50% at least. Uh, now listen, God is good, amen? We serve a good God, and we preach the good news. Listen, the kingdom is built on his goodness. Victory, the kingdom is built on love encounters, positive experiences, And we have to learn how to live, to step over the negative, to press through those moments. But guess what? In the kingdom, the negative moments aren't supposed to define us. Listen, it's it's the beauty of our king. It's his majesty. It's, It's the reality of salvation that defines us. It's the fact that he wants to have fellowship with us. 
It's the fact that he sent his son to die for us. That he wants to be with us. It's the fact that he extends, he puts his Holy Spirit inside of us. Look, these are all good things, amen? (laughs) The kingdom is built on his goodness. You You can't define the kingdom by negative moments. Listen, you can't... A bad bad perspective will give you bad fruit. Listen, you can't, a piano instructor or or a a sports coach, listen, if their perspective, if your piano instructor comes to you on the first day and they say, okay, listen, my highest goal for you is just to not be bad. How many people know you'd be out of there? That is not what a good instructor is about. Why? Because they lost connection with the vision that is going to propel you into your fullness. The vision is for you to be great. The vision, now listen, you got to work on things that aren't good to get great. This is not rocket science. (laughs) Like, we all know that, but the, the impetus, the momentum comes from the vision to be great. So here's the thing about the kingdom. And here's the thing about, about church in this current hour is that we can be in a place where the goodness of God is coming. But will we be persistent in those moments. Because I hit on it, I touched on it earlier, but, you know, every, every preceding generation these days is blamed for having a lower attention span than the last. For getting distracted easier and having, you know, having bump, being bombarded with so many distractions and that even you can give, you can give a child a really good gift, a really good thing. And they're like, this is amazing. And they're super excited about it for like 15 minutes. And then they're like, on to the next thing. What's next? Do you know one of the most dangerous things for the church in this hour is to get bored with the goodness of God. One of the most dangerous things is to get comfortable with His glory, His majesty, His breakthrough, His goodness, His testimony. Oh, come on. Never let us get to a place where somebody can stand up and say, The lady came in with only four weeks left to live by the doctor and the presence of God came and healed her and she left healed and we go, oh, I've heard that before. Never, never let it be. What is that? What is that ability to draw up Thanksgiving again? What is that ability to go, you know what, if you feel, if you taste it, if you feel that thing creep in and you're like, oh, another good testimony, you go, no, wait a minute, that's not just good, that's divine. What is that? That's persistence. It's persistence in the good things. Persistence in the good seasons. Listen, when God is moving, is not the time to take your foot off the gas. 
I, I worked in the school of ministry. I was a pastor in the school of ministry. And, you know, they've, they've had thousands and thousands of students come through the school over the last 20 years. And, and you know, a lot of them come through and thrive and are out in the world doing incredible things. And, and some are on fire for a while and then stop thriving. And, you know, a lot of times it's not resistance that they run into, but it's apathy that they run into. <laughs> the Bible tells us to pray for rain in the day of latter rain. What does that mean? It means in the season of rain. When it's raining on you, it's time to ask for more rain. Wow, really? That's, uh, that feels funny. But the, but the opposite, if it's raining on you and you just take it for granted and you go out and you're playing your video games and you're just going to work and you're doing your stuff and then it stops raining and then no more rain's coming and then no more rain's coming and then you find yourself in a drought. Why? Because you didn't ask for the rain. Listen, you're living today. You're living in the fruit of yesterday's prayers. So you're, you're living in rain because you asked for it yesterday. But if you don't keep asking for it today, you might end up in a drought and not even see it coming. Whoa, when God is moving, oh, and listen, aren't you glad the kingdom of heaven is fun? Oh, my God. Listen, you use the word persistence and perseverance, and people are like, oh, you're talking about hard times, and you're talking about the trials. No, listen, this is the most amazing thing we get to do. Like, this is incredible, amazing, fun, full of joy. And God's saying, be persistent in that. (laughs) Can I talk to anybody over here? Listen, can you be persistent in joy? Oh, my goodness. Come on. Listen, can I talk to anyone over here? Can you be persistent in his goodness? Listen, when the momentum is happening, that's the time to jump in that race car and be like, this is incredible. Let's go faster. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. I at least am getting myself excited. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. Do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. New Living Translation. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Oh, I love Jesus. He's asking us to keep pressing in. 
to his goodness. Thank you, Father. Listen, also, that, that persistence is key in the good times and the bad times. And the, the reality is, is that we live in a fallen world. We have a risen Christ, but we live in a fallen world. But we're not victims. And we're not orphans. We're empowered sons and daughters who have been given this most precious assignment to let it be on earth as it is in heaven. That we're not victims, we're actually invited to be the agents of change. But the reality is that it's still a fallen world until we complete the assignment, until we win the war. And the reality is, is in your walk, you're going to have good times and you're going to have bad times. There'll be some tough moments and tough seasons along the way. And persistence is just as vital in those times. Because the enemy goal is to get you to stop. He just he wants he wants you to give up. Listen, he's gonna he'll throw things at you to try and get you to slow down, to try and get you to stop. But I tell you, what detours the enemy more than anything is that when he throws resistance at you, it just pushes you closer to God. Listen, if, it, if the enemy throws resistance at you and you use it as fuel and determination to burn brighter for Jesus, he'll stop throwing resistance at you. Hey, I got a hanky. Come on, I got two hankies. Oh, man, I'm, uh, I'm feeling good up here right now. Come on, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, almost got carried away. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Listen, the, the, the persistence in, in those seasons, in those moments, that those things come. I said God changes your internal reality, but, he doesn't all, but it doesn't mean he changes the entirety of your external reality in one moment. But when you're walking in the presence and the goodness of God, you can walk through tough times and almost, almost like you don't even notice. Whoa. You're like, I don't, whoa, I don't, I don't know what's going on out there, but wow, in here, we're having a party. Whoa. But it doesn't mean that those, that those times don't come. And one of the keys, one of the keys to moving through those times, and speaking of moving, I gotta move, we gotta, I gotta go fast, is one of the keys to moving through those times is hearing God's voice, hearing God speak to you. I mean, we've all been there. How many people have been in a tough season, but you didn't experience, you didn't experience it as tough as it was because you knew you had a word from God to be there? When God sends you into the fire, he sends his angels and his protection with you. And, you know, everything can, God's like, I want you to go 
here. Move into this place. And you move in, and it's like everything feels like it's falling apart. It looks like it's falling apart, but you're, but you're singing a happy tune. People are like, what is going on with you? It's like, God, I have a word from God. Hearing God's voice is key. Leaning in to God's voice is key. But I want to tell you, it's, it's, we're not just supposed to hear, we're supposed to keep on listening. Because one thing that happens is that we'll hear God's voice and we don't understand that God sometimes speaks in seasons. Listen, God, God will speak in eternity. He'll speak eternal things to you like you're my son in whom I'm well pleased. You're my daughter in whom I love. That, that God will speak things that never change. But God will also speak things that are for a season. And God will sometimes speak to somebody and he'll set them on a path and he'll say, go run here. And they'll, they'll start running and they'll be two years into the season. And then God's like, we want to go this way now, but they don't listen. They stop listening. They're still going this way. And now they're, they're running into, they're like, oh, everything's so hard. What's happening? And God, you said to go this direction. The key isn't to hear once and to stop listening. We need to be persistent in hearing. How many people has God ever told you to do one thing? Like, go, like study this, get a degree in this, or go here, do this thing. And he used it. He eventually used it, but not in any way that you imagined it was going to come back around. And he sent you, and you're like, oh, this is the thing. I'm doing this thing. And then he changes gears, and you're like, well, what happened to that thing? I thought that was the thing. But then fast forward, he brings it all back around, and you're like, oh, you're really wise, God. <laughs> Persistence in hearing so that we don't get trapped in a season that we're not supposed to be in. Listen and keep on listening. You know, I had this I had this in my notes for the sermon before the announcement of Reinhard Bunky passing, which I thought was interesting. But Reinhard, bless bless that man and his legacy. Amen. Amen. But talk about being persistent. What a general, a persistence, and a general of being persistent in listening. That Reinhard Bunky. For as long as he had his ministry, he took one day a year to do nothing. He shut everything else off, and he simply asked God, God, am I still on course? Am I still doing what you want me to be doing? Am I preaching the message you want me to preach? Am I leading the way you want me to lead? Am I still on course? And, of course, he would listen throughout the year, but one day he always set aside to listen. And let God make adjustments as were needed along the way. Thank you, Father. You know, there's a difference between resting in an assignment, resting in your assignment, and stopping. There's a big difference. 
that we're not called to be automatons and just run until we burn ourselves out, that rest is part of the kingdom. But rest, but rest is purposeful, temporary disengagement so that we can get refueled and then come back stronger. That rest is purposeful. There's a difference between throwing in the white, the white towel, the boxing terminology, that you're getting beat up against the ropes and you're like, oh, I quit. And you stop and you have no purpose, no vision. You don't know what's next. Do you know that it's easier to turn a ship when it's moving? Do you know that applies to us as well? that it's easier for God to navigate and negotiate our path when we're in motion. Sometimes we find ourselves in a tough season. We, just, we don't know what to do. We just stop. Listen, don't stop. You have permission to make adjustments along the way. You have permission to shift tracks, but don't stop. You have permission to rest, but rest is purposeful. It has intention. It's like, oh, I'm not done with this race. I'm just going to pull into the pit stop so I can refuel, recharge, and get back out there and finish this race. Rest is powerful. Thank you, Jesus. Romans chapter 5. I'm going to end here. Verse 1 through 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Here it is. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produce perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Thank you, Jesus. How many people have heard this verse, these verses before? <clears throat> And not verse three again, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produce perseverance. A synonym to persistence. And perseverance, character, and character hope. Do you know that that tribulations there is, is the word can be translated persecution, affliction distress, or suffering. It can be trials in any form or fashion. But when we're living in kingdom empowerment, and we're living with this persistence of God, even those trials that come at us, those things produce, they produce perseverance in us. This ability like, oh, I'm not getting off the track. Oh, devil, you're not going to get me to stop. 
You're not going to get me to quit. I know what your plan is. You're not going to get me to give up. But listen, perseverance produces character. And character hope. But listen, I think we read this, we, we read this uh, individually or, or internally, which it is that. As in, it gives hope to me. But I want to tell you that also it gives hope to the world. Because if you have a whole bunch of, if you have the bride of Christ that knows how to take trials that come their way, and that turns into perseverance, and that perseverance becomes character, Listen, the bride walking in character means hope to the nations. Can I say that again? The, bride, the church, the church living in perseverance and character, God can't resist, God can't stay away from that. If the bride is walking in perseverance and character, God is going to ride on that. He's going to transform families, cities, regions, and nations. The bride walking in character isn't just hope to you. It is. It is that. It's not just hope to you. It's hope to the world. Thank you, Jesus. I have more, but we're going to stop there because God is good. Man, we are, we are living in, an, in a moment. It's raining. Can we just call it what it is? It's raining. And have we, have we arrived fully? No. Have we obtained fully? No. But are we going to keep pressing in? Are we going to keep pressing in to grab a hold of that which he grabbed a hold of us? Absolutely. I've got no other options. I've burned my bridges. I don't want anything else. I want Jesus more than I want the big screen. I want revival more than I want video games. Can you stand to your feet with me tonight? If you want to run this race with persistence and perseverance, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is this a good word for anyone out there? This is going to be quick. I just want you to put your, your hand on your heart tonight. <clears throat> I don't know how many testimonies you've heard in this season, but if it's not a lot, then just hang around more because they're oozing out of every, we can't keep track of them all. They're pouring out of every direction and, and in every way and from every age group. And God is, God is on the move. But I tell you, his goal for you is not that you get excited for three weeks. It's not that you burn for three months. It's that you burn for life. And then you keep on pressing on until we obtain the high call of God. And if we don't stop, listen, it's so simple. We, we love to make the kingdom complicated, but it's not. 
Listen, if we don't stop, he's not going to stop. Listen, if we don't stop worshiping with our whole hearts, if we don't stop worshiping with abandon, he's not going to stop coming. If we don't stop taking risk, he's not going to stop showing up and surprising us. If we don't stop loving the whole heart, he's not going to stop showing up and backing up that love. If we don't stop preaching, he's not going to stop coming and confirming. If we don't stop, he's not going to stop. Wow. So if you want to run, listen, and the whole key is that we're in a Ferrari. Listen, the whole thing is, it's based on his goodness. The bad moments don't define the kingdom. It's completely, 100% the opposite. We serve such a good God. He's pouring out his goodness. We just have to not stop. If you want to run for more than three weeks, if you want to run for more than three months, if you want to let God apprehend you for a lifetime of running in his goodness, I just want you to tell him right now. I feel like the hand, I feel like the partnership of God is here. I feel like he's here just to brand hearts. I could use that term to brand hearts for those who are like, God, I give it all to you. I give it all to you. No attachment, no addendums, no commas, no maybes, no what ifs. I got to give it all to you, which isn't temporary. Just tell them. Just invite him to come and mark your heart, to brand your heart, to run this race in his goodness for the entirety of your life. That shouldn't sound daunting because it's the race of his goodness. You're signing up to run in his goodness (laughs) for eternity. Listen, you signed up for eternity, so the rest of your life should be easy. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for what you're doing in our midst, in Jesus' name. And God, we bless this company of people. We bless every house of worship, every church, every believer in this city, God. We bless that you would stir up, God, a whirlwind of of fire from heaven, God, that your nature and your goodness would pour out on our city and break through on our city. God, we're asking that you would turn the tables on one city and that the world would take notice and it would create a domino and a ripple effect. And all it will take is a company of believers 
who won't stop. So we give that to you in Jesus' name. And everybody who's in agreement with that, just say amen to Jesus. All right. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here and worshiping with us. We're going to have the ministry team come. If you came for prayer, just hold your spot. Sandra's going to lead us in that time. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.